Hello and welcome to another edition of Deeper. It is so good to have you with us and it is so good to have Beck with us. Hello, Beck. Hello. Hello. And so you spoke uh, on Sunday, um, the very beginning of our new Christmas sermon series. Do you want to explain what that is for those who've not yet seen your talk? What's yeah. the sermon series, folks? very exciting we're in the run-up to Christmas now um, and this year the Church of England um, focus for Christmas is is the story at the heart of Christmas and that's our sort of uh, slogan for Christmas if you like and so we are looking um, at some of the theology that that is um, in that story uh, what does it mean for Jesus to be all of these different things that that we sort of skate over sometimes in the way we tell the story. And so this week we were thinking about what does it mean for Jesus to be prophesied? His birth and life and death to have been foretold in the scriptures. So we're basically just preaching about Jesus. We're just talking about Jesus. Yeah, who knew that's what we would do? Uh, And (laughs) if you've not watched Beck's talk yet uh, online or we're not at the uh, church service, I would encourage you to watch it. Uh, it's a great talk um, and uh, just starts to draw out what's the implication for us as we think about that Jesus was part of God's big plan right at the beginning. So we're going to go through the passage that um, Beck used, which was Luke 2, 25 to 38. We would love you to read that passage. So press pause now, read the passage, maybe in two versions, uh, and then restart the video. Right. So here we go, Beck. We're going to go through this. And we're going to do this in, because quite a long passage, we're going to do it in four sections. Because uh, some of the verses don't have a lot to them, really, in this, in this sec, uh, passage. So we're going to start off by looking at verses 25 to 27. So, Beck, what do you see here? What's, what's going on? So this first little section is really just telling us a bit about Simeon, who, who he is, what, what's he doing there, uh, why, why are we sort of coming across him at all in this Bible story. Um, and so it's, it tells us a bit about his character and, and what he's doing hanging around in the temple, how he's come to be um, there. And it's really interesting that, that it really highlights the role of the Holy Spirit in bringing him to this place to have this encounter with the Messiah. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I find it incredible that, uh, you know, whenever we think about the, the Christmas story, we never really think about the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and yet, certainly like in, like in this passage and in other parts of the Christmas story, the Holy Spirit is absolutely, as you would expect, fully at work, isn't he? And um, here he is. Uh, speaking to Simon and also leading Simon, Simeon, I should say, Simeon to the right place at the right time to see Jesus. Um, and I love the way it says that he was righteous and devout uh, because those two things aren't necessarily connected. You can be righteous without being devout and you can be devout without being righteous, but he was both of these things. Um I, th- I think one of the things that you know people uh, who read the passage was wondering about is uh, right at the beginning it says he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Is have you got any wisdom on that? So um, he's he's looking forward to the time when God is going to come and do something that that changes the fortunes of Israel a bit. They've kind of gone through it over all these years and they've not heard 
from God through the prophets for a really long time. And they're sort of waiting and longing and hoping for God to come and move again and, and for things to improve for Israel. That's absolutely right. And um, the word consolation, um, it can mean comfort. And uh, a lot of writers say it's probably um, Luke drawing on Isaiah 40, where it says right at the beginning, you know, comfort and comfort my people. And um, there's probably a connection there. So drawing on some Old Testament stuff. Uh, and so Simeon's been promised by God that he would not die until he'd seen the Lord's Messiah. That's quite a thing, isn't it? That That is an amazing life goal to have, isn't it? Isn't it just, yeah. Holding yeah. on to see the Messiah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, my prayer is always that, you know, that I would see revival before I die. I would love to see revival. Unfortunately, I don't think it's a promise from God. It's just me desiring it. Um but here, Simeon's been promised by the Holy Spirit. So let's move on to the next section. Um, actually, no, but just hold on for a moment. I mean, just we talk about the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, all through this passage, uh, we see something about the, the real power of the prophetic, don't we? Uh, so there's, they are holding on to the prophecies of the past, but also in some way hearing from God in the present and it's it's both it's a kind of real connection to what's happened in the past isn't it and i love that about this passage and prophecy's um, got that that wonderful like multi-layered thing to it hasn't it but these prophecies that they're holding on for yeah. they had relevance to the situations they were spoken into and they still hold relevance for us today as much as they did then that there's this sort of multi-level thing that and, and that's why it's so important that we read scripture, because when we come to it, God's always speaking to us, even, yeah. even in things that we're speaking to a, another context as well. That's right. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's, that is, uh, for me, one of the things that indicates that God's behind you know, what we read, because not only did what was said at those times speak to people there and then, but speaks to our future and also speaks to us in the presence. It kind of has God's word is, is written as prophetic word, has this power to connect us across multiple times and places, which is, is I mean, no other book does that as far as I'm aware. You know, it's just scripture and the word of God. Um, the one thing that struck me as well, uh, in my mind, because it says Anna was a really old woman, uh, I always imagined Simeon was quite old, but it actually doesn't say anything about how old he is, does it? No. It just says he was waiting. I kind of like to think he was old too, because he sort of finishes up with um, leaking a bit into the next little passage, but finishes up by going, well, I can die now because <laughs> it's happened. So I'm hoping he's not 22, you know? <laughs> I've seen Jesus now and die. Yeah, I, yeah. So you kind of imagine he's old, but actually doesn't say that, does it? But... I think it's probably a safe bet to think he's older. Certainly not as old as Anna, but certainly older. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to the next uh, section, 28 to 32. And this is, um, I just love the first part of that. Simeon took Jesus into his arms and praised God. Wow. He held Jesus. I mean, that's like, wow. 
I just love that image. The thing that's personally been waiting for, the Messiah. And, and he's doing this in faith, isn't he? He doesn't know Jesus yeah. is the Messiah. Uh, he could just be a little baby boy. And yet he says, you know, he just starts to praise God. It's incredible. That's that's faith. That's it. And he's one of a few people who sort of recognise Jesus um, through the sort of presence of God that they experience in being in his presence. So we read a bit earlier on about um, John the Baptist, like we uh, leaping in the womb at the presence of Jesus. There's something tangible about God's presence in Jesus. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, Andrew's going to talk to us more about that next week. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and you see it with the, uh, the shepherds, with um, the Magi, you know, it's like, all the way through these people or in faith see something in this baby. Yeah. Um, and so what we know is uh, this, this is the promise that Simeon's been waiting for. Um, he's been waiting probably for a long time. Um, and the, the thing that you brought out on Sunday, um, and it's the thing that struck me is that uh, in verse 32, you know, this is a light for revelation to the Gentiles. In other words, this baby boy isn't just for Israel. This baby boy is for everyone. And um, I, I, I love that. I like the way that you brought it out on Sunday. Yeah, that's such a powerful message, isn't it? That that yeah. they're waiting for the consolation of Israel right at the beginning there, but that they recognise that this is this is even more than what they've been waiting for, that this is God doing a new, even bigger yeah act. yeah and you know in, in lots of ways Simeon has been prophetic here you know he's because he's, he says you know my eyes have seen your salvation um he kind of recognizes something here that is bigger than just Israel it's bigger than what he'd imagined and then um verse 33 to 35 things change a little bit uh, so um, there's this lovely moment, you know, Simeon's got Jesus in his arms. He's saying lovely things over him. Um, and then things change. And it says that the child's father and mother, Joseph and Mary, marveled at what was said about him. When I read that, I don't know about you, but I was kind of struck by like, they'd already heard some incredible things, you know, like the shepherds just turning up, angels appearing to them. The, <laughs> Mary pregnant. Still shocked by anything. <laughs> How are you still marveling at all this? You know, why aren't you just taking this for granted by now? But um, yeah, but I think that says something to me about the um, what's the, what were the almost the innocence around all of this? You know, they're still amazed that this baby that they they have in their hands can be more than the baby. Yeah, there's still something beautifully innocent about that. And their, their receptiveness, I suppose, to, to God and, and all that God is revealing to them and has revealed to them. Like, it's really easy for us to become a bit complacent. And Frank talked to us a bit about that. So if you were there on Sunday about how even really holy moments we can start to take for granted when yeah. they become regular. But, but Mary and Joseph don't do that, even though they've had all these incredible holy moments yeah. they're still sort of awestruck by the goodness of god every time that it, it yeah. reveals itself I, yeah that uh I, I hadn't planned on having this as a as an application point but how do we still get how do we still marvel at what god's doing 
you know, do we just take it for granted? But um, then Simeon blessed them, and then he says quite hard words, doesn't he, to Mary? Do you want to just draw out anything else of there? Poster to be Mary in the Christmas story, isn't it? Like, she, bless her, she's a young woman who goes through this incredible um, sort of experience of, of just constantly trusting God with tomorrow in every circumstance, isn't it? And, and here at the very beginning of, of the journey when... Um, you know, she's got this tiny baby with all of the sleepless nights and, and the realities of being a new yeah, mom. Yeah. She's, she's sort of faced with some of the reality of what's to come um, and her faith in just keeping, taking one step at a time and trusting God is incredible, isn't it? it is. um, but that sort of foretelling of, I wonder um, how familiar Mary was with the scriptures and, and what that may be Mm. up in her mind when she heard those words whether she realized fully that this this was what it meant for her child to be the, the yeah. promised Messiah. she probably didn't did she i mean she probably didn't and yeah there's a that thing where simeon says um that this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in israel uh, and a sign to be spoken against um you know one of the things that you know we we, we talk about now, you know, is that Jesus can be a stumbling block for people. You know, the, the whole story of Jesus and what, who he is, what he's done, um, people struggle over. And it's almost like Simeon's pointing to that, you know, that um, people are going to either be lifted up on this gospel or are just going to fall um, by the wayside. And uh, just a little thing, um, where it says uh, to be a sign that will be spoken against. Uh, I read somewhere that the, the Greek word sign literally means a target to aim at. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he and, and we see that, don't we, that Jesus was a target for the Pharisees and the scribes, and um, they were always trying to take a pot shot at him in some way, ask him a difficult question to try and trip him up, um, which never happened. And in so many ways that, that the follow-on from that talks about, you know, the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and it, we, we're revealed when we come into mm. God's presence, aren't we? When, when we're faced with Jesus, our motivations and our um, expectations are all sort of laid bare a bit in, in his presence, aren't they? And, yeah. um, and that how we respond to that um, is important, isn't it? And, and those who sort of, want to hide those things away the people who's um you know who, who haven't got the right motivations it, it yeah. is a stumbling block mm, absolutely it's a great test for us of, of how mm. we're doing spiritually how we how well we manage with that sort of yeah. revelation I, think, I mean i think really it takes a lot of humility and vulnerability to actually admit your need for jesus yeah um i became a christian when i was 21 and um, I kind of resisted it for quite a while, really, you know, because I was just not in that place. I thought I could sort sort out my life on my own and all that kind of stuff. And um, it got it took me a little while to get to that place where I could actually say, yeah, because when you do come into the presence of Jesus, as you say, it reveals so much about yourself that you don't want to you don't want to see. 
yeah so it's much easier to sort of bury that stuff down isn't it and we have to keep coming back to that place over and over again where it's easy for us to start to want to take control back of things and go actually I can sort this bit myself that's right being reminded so let's move on uh last section 36 to 38 we get a new character into this part of the story the prophetess Anna now she is old isn't she she is old she's proper old yeah yeah. 84 (laughs) even older than me um <laughs> and and it tell interestingly it tells us um something about her life that that she was married for seven years and then she's she's widowed and she lives out the rest of her life mm. in the temple basically she just devotes herself yeah um, to worship and to being in the presence of god um and if you've met really brilliant old people who just love Jesus and have devoted their whole lives to him you you will have a picture in your mind of what Anna might be like because those people are amazing aren't they who yeah yeah. they're just totally their whole life is totally steeped in and they've been through some stuff um, and they've had some disappointments and they've learned they've learned to hold on to Jesus Yeah. yeah Yeah, yeah. I I really like Anna. She's one of my real favourite. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know, I think um, her life reveals something about the importance of of that kind of holy nature and that devotion to to her. It was the coming Messiah, the Messiah she'd not yet met, and yet we've met him and don't have anywhere near this kind of devotion. Um, and you see the power of that because she sees Jesus and immediately recognizes him for who he is, wrapped up in his bed, you know, in his cloths and all that kind of stuff, recognizes this baby. Incredible, isn't it, that, um, that she did that? And um, what I like as well is uh, right at the end says, spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. She did not keep this quiet, she was yeah. out talking about Jesus. And that must have been a thing to do. I've met a baby who's the salvation of the world. That's not going to go down well. You know, it's like, at least now we say we've met Jesus and he has done this. She yeah. had nothing like that. All she had was a baby to point at and a conviction, an inner conviction that this was the one. Uh, what an incredible act of faith that was. I think there's something for us to learn there that, that in that familiarity with God, you know, in having just spent so much time attending to who God is and how how his voice sounds and she's able to recognize God yeah. in that situation. Um and that that's how she can be so confident, isn't it? Is that she really knows God. Knows God. And so yeah. she can see this is God. Yeah, absolutely. Like you say, that that she's just confidently out there telling everybody <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this uh how old's Jesus at this point? Is he seven days or something like that? Is he might yeah, I think he's less than 40 days old. Not uh, old, yeah, yeah. Because uh, uh the, the whole kind of rituals that uh, Mary and Joseph would be going through were had to be done by I think 40 day point after the birth. Let's uh think about some application points and go a little bit wider. 
Okay, Beck. So you uh, on Sunday talked about some kind of application points out of this story. Uh, do you want to kind of just summarise them for us? I would encourage you to not just listen to the summary, but listen to the talk. Uh, it's much more important to do that. So, um, Beck, where do you want to go with that? So, um, so I picked out some of the ways that I think um, we we need to respond to to this story and to this um, thing that Jesus is is prophesied um, and I think what it does for me is it encourages me um to to be a bit like these characters that we've we've yeah. met these people that we meet in this story to be attentive um to listening to God's voice and becoming familiar with it um to be testing it by being immersed in the scriptures so that we know is this the kind of thing that God does is this the mm. kind of thing that God says um, and then to be part of a community of faith that encourages us to hold on to that hope that that we are an encouragement to um, and, and where that stuff's all tried and tested, really. Mm. Um, so, so, yeah, so be more Simeon and Anna, sort of place yourself in God's presence so that you become good at hearing his voice yeah. and testing. I think that, you know, that would be one of the first things I would want to say as an application point is, you know, just the power of the prophetic. You know, just, you know, uh, these these were two individuals who were steeped in the prophetic nature of the Old Testament. Um, but there and then also listening to the voice of God. Um, you know, so Simeon is clearly led by the Holy Spirit. Anna is described as a prophetess who speaks over Jesus. Um, these were people who were immersed in the whole kind of prophetic nature of, of our, our faith now. So uh, we, need to, we need to pick that up a bit, I think. It's one of the things that I think we, as certainly Christchurch, need to pick up on, just hearing the voice of God. Yeah. I think the other thing that uh, is an application point is um, the indication here is that they have both waited patiently for a long time. Um, and that's not something that we, that's something that we struggle with these days, I think. You know, when God doesn't answer, when things aren't going our way, uh, we're not always patiently waiting for God. Um, so I think there's, there's something there for us to learn from these guys, that we uh, learn patience, that we learn that God has his own time. Um, and you can't rush that. Uh, you can't even slow it down if you wanted, wanted to. Uh, it is his time. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing is um, just that Jesus is always going to be divisive. You know, here, right at the beginning of Jesus' life, Simeon points that out. Some people will rise and some people will fall because of this, this baby. Um, and uh, that's something that we're not always comfortable with in church. That, you know, the people who we get to know who we might want to share our faith with may get upset with us because we are followers of Jesus or, you know, may look down upon us, may even get angry. You know, I've had some people get angry when you, you start talking about God. Um, Jesus is a stumbling block. He is divisive. And we have to understand that and, and expect that when we start to talk to others about, about him. There's probably, you know, there's a, number of, there's a couple of other things I could say, but I think just for the sake of brevity on the on the video, there's there's a lot in this passage, you know, and uh, maybe as you talk about it in your groups, you want to draw out other application points. Um, 
But I would encourage you to to dwell on passages because Anna and Simeon they're just just amazing, aren't they? So uh, we're going to give you some questions to think about and um, for you to do either on your own uh, or in your mission communities. So we're going to go a little bit further. So um, we've got three questions for you today. Uh, why don't you do the first two, Beck? Okay. So I would like to know, or I'd like you to share with each other, uh, can you think of a time when you have been led by the Holy Spirit to be somewhere or to do something? Um, and what was that story? What was the amazing thing that you got to be part of because of that in the same way that Simeon? That would be fantastic to talk together about. Yeah, great. Um, and then next up, um, how can we maintain our sense of marvel? at God and at what God does. Uh, so we see in this passage um, that Mary and Joseph are, are awestruck repeatedly in this story by the things that God does. How do we maintain that sense yeah. in our own Christian walk? That's a great question, that. especially for those of us who have been Christians for a long time. Uh, so final question. Um, I'm really struck by what Simeon says about Jesus uh, in verses um, was it 34 and 35, because um, they're, they're difficult verses, aren't they? So I'd love you to read those verses. Um, what do you think Simeon is saying? And how do you think that whole idea of Jesus being divisive or stumbling block affects how we share our faith? I'd love you to just talk about that. If you don't answer that particular question, just talk about that whole thing more generally, um, because it's an important thing, I think, in terms of how we understand our faith and how we relate to people outside of our faith. It is, and such a good one to be prepared for as well, that, that sometimes Absolutely. we start sharing and then we're like, oh, okay, yeah. need to change tack a bit here. Absolutely. Um, great one to have thought about in advance. Okay. Beck, thank you so much. Thank you for uh, preaching on Sunday. So uh, do please join us on Sunday, either in person or online. And uh, next Tuesday, we will be sharing another deeper. Um, I think if I remember rightly, we are thinking about the incarnation this weekend. Yeah. Uh, if you want to know all about that, listen on Sunday or join us for next Tuesday with deeper. So until then, stay safe and goodbye.